the lights are out. The game is over. But we're just getting started. He got it! It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on the Bay Area's sports station. 95-7. The game. Hi, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Matt Steinmetz along with you, joined by special guest Michael Urban, although... I don't know how many times we're going to invite him back after this one. You're 0-1, my friend. There's including nothing special about me tonight. Including the biggest loss of the season tonight the Warriors suffered. 129-99 to the Utah Jazz. Their worst loss since February 19th, 2016. That was two seasons ago. Uh, just just a game in which it was all bad from the get-go, and it, it stayed all bad. What uh, were your... Thoughts on the game tonight, Michael? Give me some of them. Well, I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to to concede that this was a trap game because it just seems it seems so standard to to kind of excuse it away that way. But the reality is, they're coming off an incredible high of playing an amazing game with huge energy. I mean, it, it wasn't just the Warriors; it was the Celtics. It was just basketball at its highest, most beautiful level, and they come down from that. We already know that. They're going to get their opponent's best shot. And my God, the, the Jazz were on fire from the get-go. And, I mean, you know better than I. We're off off the mic, you were telling me that's just an odd place to play at times. And the Jazz were geeked up, and the Warriors seemed all game long, from the very start, they seemed a half-beat behind. Yeah, I I completely agree uh, on that one. And the funny thing is, is the Celtics played last night. They were in Denver, and it was their their first game since the Saturday game against the Warriors, and I thought, man, the Celtics are really showing me something tonight because they ended up going into Denver last night and winning, and I thought, man, that's what that's what great teams do. Right. Uh, not that the Warriors aren't a great team. They stubbed their toe tonight, but I did expect, obviously, a better effort, but sometimes things snowball, and they just continue to snowball. And it, it was clear to me, you know, you, you say a step slow, I, I'll say focus and, and just execution, probably the same thing, but losing Joe Ingles on the on the perimeter early in the game, having Ricky Rubio go by you. I mean, there I mean how just, many times did we there see was just some stuff that happened that's out of, out of character for the Warriors? How many times did we see, especially KD, I don't know why I noticed him more than anything, but just staying behind a the screen. Yeah. Just, their rotations were slow. And sometimes they just flat out didn't rotate, and that's why Inglis got off early. And I think his hot start, you know, they say that hot shooting is contagious, and, you know, again, that's one of those cliches that I I try to stay away from, but cliches exist because they're rooted in truth, and that seemed to be the case tonight. 888-957-9570 is the number. You want to jump in and talk about this one? You know, the Warriors have earned the right to have a few of these every once in a while, but it doesn't make it any less surprising when it happens. You look at a night like tonight, Durant minus 17, Draymond Green minus 23, all the starters pretty much ineffective. And what I thought tonight was obvious was that Joe Inglis outplayed Kevin Durant and Ricky Rubio outplayed Steph Curry. Wow. And... Ingles, 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 Ingles. It's Ingles, right? Yeah. I said English, like Fred Ingles. Joe Ingles, like Fred Ingles. The I thought you said it right. I thought I did too. Don't worry about it. 
Yeah, it says, you know, it's we're just... All, a, we're all a step slow tonight. Oh, Ingalls... Right, oh, look at... Oh, all right. Thanks a lot, Luke. We're all going to die. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, Durant and Curry got outplayed in a big way by their two opposite numbers. Let's call them that. And and if if they're going to lose an individual matchup, then the Warriors are going to start out behind the eight ball, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's just... You know, you, you don't see... Here, here's the thing for me. When I'm watching a game like that, you're midway through the third quarter and the Warriors were down. It, it, the lead for Utah hovered at around 16 to 19 for a good part of this game, right? From yep. about mid-second quarter until late third, and that's when it started creeping into the high 20s. But any game this year, if the Warriors are keeping their deficit around 16 to 19, at least for me, I'm always feeling like, nah, this... This is still a game because we all know the Warriors can put a you know sixteen to four run on somebody in a heartbeat. But I never felt like that run was coming tonight. It was just a rare game where I, I just and maybe the only game this year where I felt like once they fell behind big, they weren't coming back. And it's a it's an unfamiliar feeling. Yeah, it is. I mean, they shot five for twenty five from three point range. Utah shoots fourteen for twenty eight. That's just something you don't expect going into tonight's game, but. You know, you said this as we were watching the game, and it's true. I mean, the Utah Jazz are a professional basketball team. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like Joe Ingles isn't a good three-point shooter. He's one of the best in the league. So you got to get out. You can't you can't let him shoot. Right, cuz he's going to be better when yeah. you leave him wide open and that's what they did. And and ditto with with Ricky Rubio. I mean, Ricky Rubio is not a great NBA point guard, but he's somebody who's had a great international career. He's competent player, great passer, pretty good defender. It's not the craziest thing in the world to think that he might outplay Steph Curry on a given night, and that's exactly what happened tonight. I mean, Rubio was was terrific, twenty three and eleven, nine for sixteen from the floor. That's almost like a Curry game. Meanwhile, Curry goes four for thirteen. One for seven from three, and that's what sometimes you expect out of out of Ricky Rubio. So that's what happens every once in a while. It's a, a clunker. What do you call him in baseball? Laugher. A boat uh, race. Boat race. Yep. Uh, motorboat. They got motorboated, as Lorenzo Neal would say yeah. tonight. And you're right, the run never came. So 888-957-9570. When we get back, we'll get to your calls. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, sponsored by Arlo. Smart Home Security. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Matt Steinmetz, along with Michael Urban tonight. You're listening to the Warriors post-game show. 129-199. Warriors suffered their worst Hmm. loss of the year. We searched high. We searched low. But we found it. The play of the game brought to you by American Express, proud winners of the Golden State Warriors. Curry dribbles in. Lob to McGee. Hammered it down with a right hand. Wow. That was it. That was it. Six seconds of fun, Steinmetz. That was about all she wrote in terms of the Warriors' highlights tonight. All right, time for 
The Fans, presented by Nations, Giant Hamburgers. Keep it real, make it Nations. Let's go out to Oakland. Antonio, what's going on? Your team stunk tonight. Yeah, they did. They had an off night. I mean, you know, just like you said, though, like, this is one of those nights where, you know, you fall, the Warriors fall behind and you're like, man, I don't think they can come from behind. They're usually on nights where, like, oh, they're down by 12. The Warriors will get it back. Well, tonight, I just didn't feel it either. Like, I, I didn't see it happening. When did you give up on them tonight? Because tonight, tonight was one of the earlier give-ups, I think, yeah. to tell you the truth. Yeah, maybe like mid-third quarter. Maybe like, eh, like 10 minutes in the third quarter. You know what? There was actually a point in the third quarter where I think, tell me if you remember this, Antonio, it got, I want to say it got down to 17 and Curry had a three that if he makes it, it's 14. And that's about as that, that was, and he missed it, and then they scored. But that was about as close as they could have even gotten tonight, 14, I think, midway through the third. Exactly, that was the play. I was like, "Well, if he makes it, then they have a chance." But they missed it. Okay, like, hey, it's one of those nights where they're not going to win. I don't know if it was a high altitude or just all the energy they used from the other night against the Celtics. Maybe a combination of both. I don't know. You know, maybe it was. I don't know. They just didn't have it tonight. Nobody looked like they just wanted it tonight. All right. I I didn't the first quarter, but that was it. Yeah. No, I hear you. Thanks for the call, Antonio. A bewildered Antonio, Michael. We don't yeah, get that very much. It's a good word, bewildered. Antonio is usually, well, you know what? I'll tell you what, Antonio is usually consistent because even when they lose, he doesn't, he never panics. He's realistic. Yeah, he knows they happen. Antonio is one of the, uh, one of our more knowledgeable callers for sure. What do we got? We got some stats here. Uh, first quarter without a three pointer for the season this year for the Warriors. So they played the first quarter. Yeah, I wrote first that down. quarter no three. Clay hit their first three at eleven thirty of the second quarter. Gotcha. And then Steph had a five game streak with at least five three pointers made. That ended tonight. He was one for seven two years ago. He had a streak of five straight with five or more, and then he went one for ten against the Lakers. So. Bad game tonight for Steph Curry. Both on, you know, as they say, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, but tonight, I mean, Steiny for for the glass half full set. How many times have we seen? I mean, this is what they're known for more than anything. I think this season is going into halftime having played yeah. subpar ball, mm-hmm. and they've got this patented third quarter run. And sometimes it's right from the start of the third quarter. On occasion, it starts mid third quarter, but it always comes. And that's why what I said in the opening segment, I never felt like it was going to come. It just seemed like it's such an unfamiliar feeling to feel like the opponent actually is in control the entire time. What's interesting about this box score is the Jazz outscored the Warriors in every quarter. Even the vaunted third quarter, the Jazz came out, outscored Golden State 34-29. And that's usually, what were they down at half? Five plus, they were down 13 at half. So you figure... The third quarter is the time when they're going to make their run and either either get it close or be knocking on the door in single digits at least, but uh, neither of those things happen. You were talking about uh, silver linings. I, I guess it's JaVale McGee tonight. JaVale McGee scores 14 points in 16 minutes, 7 for 8. He actually gave him something in the... In the uh, he came into the first quarter tonight. Yeah. And uh, that was probably the, the biggest bright spot for Golden State. Yeah, I mean, he, he gave him energy, and he, I guess you got to look at Clay's line and say that was a bright spot. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, 27 I, points. Yeah, he was good call. He was clearly the only guy that had any sort of... 
you know, offensive rhythm going. It just it was so unusual. And remember, I, I pointed this out early in the game, and you, I'm not, you didn't blow it off, but I mean, Zaza took like six of their first ten shots and only made one of them. There was yeah. one little sequence where, and granted, you got you know you got Gobert in your dish. That's you know no small mountain to climb, but three bunnies in a row he missed. And, I mean, he kept battling, and to his credit, number four, he finally got it down. But I remember thinking to myself, this is this is not the way the Warriors typically like to start a game. No, you're right about that. And if, if you're looking at Pachulia and he's being guarded by Gobert, his best chance to score on Gobert would be on a face-up 15-foot mm-hmm. shot, not anything on the interior because Zaza plays below the rim. And yeah, Zaza, you know, you look at the line, Zaza was four for seven. And I'm thinking, when did he get those? But I guess they, I guess they have. That has got to be wrong because I wrote down, I mean, this is in the first like three minutes. Keep I it one keep for six early. That, I don't know if you, well, you know what? Some of those, maybe they. Tips? Yeah, if it's not didn't... a control tip, then they don't give him a shot. Okay. And then, he, you know, the other thing, Michael, is he also came back in the fourth quarter. So he might he might add a bucket or two then late. I can't even remember. Yeah, how about that? You know things are going bad when Zaza's brought in in the fourth quarter off the bench, that's right? A good, that's a good point. That is a good point. Hey, we got uh, Steve. Cur- we got Steph Curry. Oh, we got Steph Curry. All right, let's hear from Steph Curry. Steph, your coach was very unhappy. Said it was kind of a disgusting performance tonight here. What do you see? It's pretty accurate. I mean, we uh, didn't have. Any aggressiveness on the defensive end to start the game, and then if you give it, I'm not saying we, they, they obviously made shots and made plays, but we didn't do anything to kind of slow them down, slow their confidence down in the first quarter. And you're playing from behind, um, you know, we've had success at doing that, but I think the damage had been done in the first quarter, just giving them uh, all the looks that they wanted. Um, I mean, really, the, the issue tonight was just defense, so. Uh, that's that's all. That's obviously on us. It's a tough, tough letdown game from how we played uh, at home last last game out against Boston. But gotta gotta be able to bounce back. Is there anything coach could do in a game like this to jolt you guys? It looked like sometimes he was raising his voice, sometimes he just looked resigned. You know, when you guys are mired in a game like this, can he say anything? I mean, he can try, but I think it, at the end of the day, he he did enough uh, prep, preparing us beforehand of. Um, understand that they're they're a tough physical team. That over the course of 48 minutes, if you give some resistance, then you can wear on them. But if, if you give them confidence and let them uh, just tee up threes, uh, especially Joe, the way he started the first quarter, like we talked about that game plan going in, and, and we didn't we didn't execute on the floor. So uh, just one of those nights that. You hate to have. Um, I asked Draymond on the on the bench in the fourth quarter, like what, if we could remember, you know, uh, that bad of a, a performance that we've had in recent memory. Um, really can't. So you know, they're few and far between. But we got to understand that once again, we talk about it every every game. You can't just show up, and especially on the road, and expect to win. That's it's kind of cheating the game. Are they doing anything in particular to get those open looks, or? We just played terrible defense, man. I mean, if you look at some of the some of the clips, we were trying to switch and not really doing it aggressively, not talking on pick and roll coverages, um, just all discombobulated throughout the course of the game. So uh, I know if anybody has given given us those easy looks, to, especially to start a game, and we see a few go down, it's pretty much over from there. And and they they take that recipe. 
On the other end, you're shooting, I think, as a team, five for 25 from the three. What was what was the reason for that? Their defense or just? A little bit of both. We were taking the ball out of the basket the entire game. Um, so they were able to set their defense. And uh, I think we, well, we started to press, but when you're down that much and you, when you don't have a rhythm offensively, so it's hard to to manufacture great possessions, and you know Clay was amazing tonight, keeping us somewhat alive, uh, making shots. But the rest of us have to obviously be a little bit better, a little bit more consistent, uh, and have a little bit more thrust. But it starts on the defensive end because you see the ball go through the net every single possession. You're taking the ball out, going against a set defense, not giving yourself any life by getting stops or getting turnovers or anything like that. Then it's going to be a long night. That's Steph Curry, and that sound courtesy of our friends over at NBC Sports Bay Area. We thank you. We thank them, as always, for sound when we use it. So, Steph Curry, anything jump out at you there, Michael, about what what Steph said? Well, he nailed it. They just they, they had a rare stinker defensively. Like we yeah. talked about at the top of the show, they seemed a, a half step or a full step slow. They didn't switch as often. The communication wasn't very good, and I just keep going back to seeing. I don't know why it keeps popping up in my head is seeing that KD not not just not yeah. being over a screen, but not even fighting to get over it. I mean, he just was content to stay behind it and let Ingles shoot it, and Ingles was hot. They, the Jazz outscored the Warriors 42-15 to 15 from three, and it started early and Man. never got better. The Jazz made six three-pointers in the first quarter, and the Warriors made none. Incredible. And that, that's not a great three-point shooting team. So tonight, the table's turned. Here's the other thing. All right, so the Warriors give up 35 in the first quarter. All right, so you figure they're going to come out in the side. Right, let's let's clean that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then they give up 34 in the second quarter. So now we're at halftime, and it's 69-56. Well, now you're figuring, okay, they gave up 69. They, here comes the clampdown. Because the Jazz, up, are the Jazz even averaging 100? Probably not. I don't know about 100, but they're not one of the higher-scoring right. teams in the league. And then they throw up 34 in the third. I think that's really when it started. About, you're right. Halfway through the third quarter, you realize they're not shutting down their opponent like they usually yeah, do the, the, when they come back from a deficit like this. The proverbial switch that we talk about, yeah. they, they didn't have access to it or it just didn't exist tonight. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. All right, we come back. We're going to be hearing from Steve Kerr, and he had a... An interesting post-game press conference tonight. So stick around. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Bad pass by Thompson on the inbound. Threw it away. Right to Favors, who dunks it. And the Warriors are down by nine again. Mitchell. To the corner, Ingles wide open, right corner, three, got it. And now the Jazz lead by 18. Caspi gets it, throws it right back to Burks, turnover to Drebko, wide open layup. Timeout, and the Warriors are down by 21 points. 97-76 in a sleepy night in Salt Lake City. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95-7, the game. Not sleepy for Utahns. Utah hens, Utahns. Sure. Oh, I got that right. How do you know? You're 26 years old behind the screen there. Yeah, Utahns. So they were they were flying high tonight. 
Jazz 129, Warriors 99. Worst loss of the season for Golden State. And uh, By 11. Kerr. Yeah, I know. The biggest loss was 19. Incredible. Yeah, it was 19 again. Oh, the Clippers. That game against the Clippers where they were terrible at home. That was the worst loss of the season. So, tonight, dwarfing. That bad game. All right, let's do the uh, let's do the coaches interview presented by Walnut Creek Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, where savings is simple. I saw, um, you know, a couple tough calls. Ball bounces another way, and the game is right there. <laughs> I saw I saw one team get their ass kicked. That's what I saw. How does that happen? Fifty games in, when you're the world champs and they're struggling. It's the NBA. You know, everybody's got talent. Um, they were tremendous tonight. They were well prepared. They were aggressive, and uh, our hearts weren't in it. And at this level, if your heart's not in it, I don't care how much talent you have, you're gonna you're gonna lose. I was gonna say the energy levels seem low. What what what, what causes for a, a, a team to not have their hearts hearts? In it? What contributes to that? A team what contributes have, to a team not having their heart in it? I have no idea. I have, if I uh, if I knew I would have thwarted those forces those evil forces before the game, and I would have had our guys playing with great energy. But um, it happens. It's the NBA. It's a long season, and um, the key is always how you bounce back. And uh, so we got to bounce back. But that was uh, I think our guys would tell you that was that was a pathetic effort out there. That was disgusting basketball. We just didn't start out the game um, with any force defensively. Um, we weren't staying into bodies. They were just stopping behind screens. We were um, lazy on our switches. Um, we played with no sense of urgency, no sense of purpose. And uh, and they're obviously fighting for the playoffs. I mean, they got a lot to play for. They're coming off a big win in Toronto. and uh, They're healthy again. They're feeling pretty good. So um, this was their game all the way. Creative ways to turn the ball over at times. We work hard to turn the ball over in creative ways. We do. We. Uh, I thought we were really good at turning it over tonight. This bench obviously was a problem tonight, but you guys have 104 threes from your bench this season, which is dead last in the NBA. Only 104 threes made by your bench this season. Yeah. Dead last in the NBA. Is that becoming It's just the way our team is built. Um, You know, we're pretty top-heavy with the three-point shot. Obviously, we've got uh, three of the best three-point shooters in the world, Um, and um, but not a lot of depth behind those guys in terms of our uh, our shooting. Nick Nick's a good good shooter, good three-point shooter, and you know he 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 has the potential. He's shown in many games to give us that threat. He's made some big shots, and I'm confident that he he will make more. Steve Kerr, disgusting, pathetic, ass-kicked. Yes, he also said that. It's so funny because he said uh, a call here and there, bounce of the ball, and you could tell the writers didn't get it right away. No. And then they realized, oh, he's kidding around. That's the thing about Steve Kerr. I remember when I was a young sports writer, and I didn't really know – I. I would be covering a team, and they'd lose by 30, and I was thinking, oh, no, man, the coach is going to be really mad. Right. He's not going to. 
There's 82 of them. They're they're usually not that mad. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and what good is that going to do? I mean, Steve Kerr knows that better than anybody, right? He's learned from the best, and he knows not to... I mean, just like he's never going to be too upset after a loss like this. He's never going to be too high. You know, again, that's a cliche, but that's yeah. the best of the best or even keel. Hey, let me ask you this, because this guy's name was brought up by you and me when we were watching the game, and it's Andre Iguodala, and he's been a key component in the Warriors' success in the past three or four years. He's clearly not playing well. He's getting up there, but so far in his Warriors' career, he's had a way of kind of starting slow, and then he always delivers when you really need him to in the important months. you have any concern about Iguodala that maybe this time he won't? I don't really, but the the one thing that bothers me is when when you see teams – Consciously sagging off. I mean, I, it was a joke when I said it to you, but it looked like he turned into Andres Biedrins at one point. I mean, he the last thing he seemed to want to do was to take a shot. And we're talking about they're leaving him open at the elbow, and he's looking to pass it off. But as you said, it always seems to go with Andre just when you're kind of thinking, eh, maybe he is really on the downside. And then all of a sudden, springy Andre shows up, and he starts putting it on people, and I don't know. Is 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 he is he this clever to play a con this long? Like, is he really trying to lull the rest of the league to sleep with a season full of performances like this? So when the games actually matter, they are going to sag on him like he's Andres Biedrins, and then he just sticks it on him. Well, I think at this point you have to do that, and the reason I say that is because all right, last year he shot. 36% from three-point range. The year before that, 35. The year before that, 35. The year before that, 35. You know what he's shooting this year? Take a guess. I I don't usually keep up with the stats. This is field goal or three? Three-point field goal percentage. 22? Andre Iguodala. Nice call. 23%. Actually, he was 0 for 2 tonight, so he might be down to 22. Yeah. Uh, 23%. And... I, uh, yeah, that's probably not a long con, right? That's just a loss of touch from the, beyond the arc. Yeah, you know, the one thing is is you, your defense can suffer, but you never try You never try to miss shots. You always want to make shots. It's the one, when you get a shot, it's the one time you can be a little bit greedy, obviously. Right. And, and shooting 23%. And what a, I want to look right now at Draymond Green. And Draymond's down to, he's down to 31%. So now you have Draymond at 31, Iguodala at 23, and what's going to happen is they're going to get enticed to shoot more and more and more. Right. So at some point they're going to either have to make shots or stop shooting them. And if they don't if they stop shooting them, that's going to impact the entire team. Does it sound odd that I'm more concerned about Draymond's drop in efficiency from 3 than Iguodala's? I mean because he's just He's going to get more shots. He's he's all you know, obviously Draymond's a starter. He's going to get, and it seems like when they need something, when when the top three options are not going good, every once in a while Draymond will be that guy who drains a couple of threes. As soon as they start Definitely. sagging off on him, he'll hit that top of the key three, a couple, you know, three of them in five trips down the court, and then here we go. They go on that patented run. So it's something that they kind of count on, not you know, not on a regular basis. But it's something you know you're going to get from Draymond every yeah. once in a while. Whereas I don't think they ever really count 
on Iggy for giving him that. So when he's not giving him that, it's not like it's a, a glaring hole in their approach. No, you're right about that. Iguodala, three for his last 25 from outside the arc. That's 12%. I did that math in my head. Nicely done. Yes, thank you. You know what's funny is I'm looking at Draymond Green, and I'm thinking, yeah, he's not shooting the ball that well this year from three, and he's not. He's shooting 31%. Last year he shot 31%. I thought he was higher. But then you know what? The year before that, and this was this was the part that was that's to me unreal. The year before Durant got there, all right, seventy three win season. Draymond shot thirty nine percent from three point wow. range. He shot better from three than Kevin Durant did his last year in Oklahoma City. Wow! Think about that for a minute. That's pretty amazing. That is very it. surprising. It definitely is. All right, you're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. I'm Matt Steinmetz, and I'm along with Michael Urban. Bad luck charm. Yeah, I don't I don't believe in jinxes. I'm, I'm willing to take it. No, I don't believe in oh, jinxes. Where? I don't believe in those. Only, you have to have a lot of clout to be a jinx, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not that powerful. Well, no, and if, I, if this subject came up earlier today, and we, I agreed with Guru, that the only person that really has clout to jinx anybody at our station is Papa. Yeah. Like, if Papa jinxed somebody, it might be worth something. Yeah, it might. You, you, I'm looking at the uh, the box score here, and one of the one of the kind of tip-offs for me that suggested, okay, this really isn't their night, because there have been nights when the starting five don't get it going, in particular the big, you know, quote-unquote big four, and then the bench comes in and gives them a lift. Well, very early in their initial appearances in this game off the bench, I saw David West with a really careless turnover, which you don't see very often. I saw Sean Livingston just miss the turnaround mid-range jumper that you see him rail like all of the time, yep. and Omri Caspi make a dumb pass. That just goes counter to what we know they provide for the Warriors, right? You count on Livingston to hit that mid-range. You count on West to make the smart play. And you count on Omer Caspi to just be solid. And when you see them be the antithesis of that, and you see the big four not really yep. getting it going, with the exception of Clay, who had like, I mean, I don't want to call it a quiet 27 because he was 12 for 17 from the field. If it wasn't for Clay getting hot, their offensive numbers would have been abysmal. But but when the bench is giving you that little and when JaVale McGee's six-second highlight is what we use for the play of the game, <laughs> it's a bad night. Well, yeah, I mean, Omri Caspi is in the NBA because he doesn't make a lot of mistakes and he's solid. And he threw the ball away mm-hmm. twice in about 14 seconds. And not only were they just turnovers, they were awful turnovers. Right. So... Yeah, it wasn't a it, it wasn't a good one for the Warriors. The other thing is nineteen turnovers. That's way too many. So you you compared or you you parlay nineteen turnovers with a five for twenty five from three. You know what? It's pretty understandable. All right, lots happened around the NBA over the last day or two. We're going to take a listen and a look to some of that. And we're also are we going to take a listen to some? Uh, how about do we have Quinn Snyder? I think we might have Quinn. Well, I think we might have Quinn Snyder. He was Quinn coaching Sn- hard. At Quinn the end Snyder of the game. is a very good interview. I want to hear some Quinn Snyder next segment. You're listening to Warriors Wrap Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security.
You're listening to Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back, everybody. The Warriors Wrap Up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. We got Quinn Snyder. The bet. Uh, he's not the best interview in the NBA, but he's one of the best interviews in the NBA. Let's listen to Quinn Snyder, and I guarantee he's going to be real humble about his team kicking the Warriors' backsides tonight. It's hard as a rookie, to, you know, to keep you know that many balls in the air as far as your concentration and. You know, we've put such an emphasis on his offense, but, he, you know, that's us. You know, he's been focused on his defense and watching film and seeing where he breaks down. Um, you know, Clay Thompson's as hard a matchup off the ball, on the ball too, but he moves so well without the ball and it really taxes your concentration. I thought Donovan's concentration defensively was excellent. I know it's one of 82. Mm-hmm. You know, prefaces. Yeah. Defending champs. I mean, in sort of the days leading up with the prep, and now you get a couple days off. Mm-hmm. I mean, is this a little more time to savor this one? I, no, I, it's one of 82. So we just got to keep, you know, focused and on the things that, if we do, that help us play well. And, um, you know, we've had a tough schedule and having a couple days to kind of rejuvenate. Um, you know, I want our guys to feel good about how they played, you know, for sure, because they played well. Um, but there's there's no part of us that can somehow say we, you know, we did something won a game and it was a really good win against you know an excellent team and hopefully we can build on it i think that's what you know that's what we did after the toronto game we played with a lot of confidence tonight quinn snyder the coach of the utah jazz talking about the jazz's 129 99 victory over the golden state warriors Uh, jazz started to play better now that rudy gobert's back they won in toronto the other night they win tonight against the Golden State Warriors. And a uh, lot going on, Michael, in the NBA. Tonight, James Harden, trip, he had a triple-double. It was... He had a triple-double. Yeah, big deal. but it was... He had a triple-double. It was uh, a with, particularly special triple-double. With 60 points tonight. James Harden, 60 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. He was 19 for 30 from the floor and the rest of his team scored 54 points. So James Harden, you know the funny thing is is those are the kind of nights that people remember when they're thinking about the MVP. Right. And do you think this in any way cuz I could see I could see Harden doing this, but is it just coincidence that this kind of game from him comes right about when the reintroduction of Curry as an MVP candidate conversation huh. starts happening? Actually, I didn't think of that, but maybe it had to do with Chris Paul didn't play tonight. Eric Gordon got hurt in the second quarter, so they were down two other big scorers. They're playing Orlando. He probably felt like he had to do a lot. Yeah. Um, wow, 60 points with a triple-double. That's pretty amazing. 17 for 18 from the line. Uh, also, Blake Griffin, the former Clipper, gets traded to the Detroit Pistons. And I was thinking, I was, what do you think of this? Did... Did the Warriors essentially break the Los Angeles Clippers? Did they break them like a throwing a snow globe up against a brick wall? Yeah, well, when you when you factor that Jerry West uh, 
I think Jerry West being a part of the Clippers expedited their decision to blow it up because West knows that, okay, what are the Clippers chasing, basically? What is everybody in the West chasing? They're chasing the Warriors. Yeah. Who knows better than West how far away from the Warriors level any particular team is in the West, and in particular the team that he is now closest to, which is the Clippers. So any time that I see... Jerry West making big, big bold moves. It just I, I, first off, you give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Because oh, absolutely, he's got an incredible no track record. But yeah, I think the Warriors having look. I keep hearing about this Warriors Clippers rivalry. It hasn't been a rivalry for a couple of years, has it? No, not at all. I mean, it's got to be the only if if a if a, a matchup between two teams is lopsided. It's not a rivalry unless it's a an historic rivalry like Giants and Dodgers, Yankees Red Sox. You know, that that'll be a rivalry even if it's lopsided, but when it's Clippers and Warriors, I have a hard time looking at it as a rivalry when the Warriors are just handing it to the Clippers every time out. As far as I'm concerned, it was a rivalry until believe it or not, the Cavaliers beat the Warriors in the NBA Finals because up until that point, even though the Warriors won it the previous year, the Clippers could at least say, well, we were the last team to beat the Warriors in, in the, the playoffs. playoffs. Yep. So that was the one thing they were hanging on to. The problem was, after they beat the Warriors in the playoffs, then yes, the Warriors started owning them for sure. The, the New Orleans Pelicans lose DeMarcus Cousins for the entire year. They've lost their first two games uh, without Cousins. They're you know, kind of in the playoff mix. Actually, they would make the playoffs if, if the playoffs were today. Can they hold on? They may trade Anthony Davis. They're a mess. Going back to the Griffin trade, have you yeah. heard about this this website? Okay, first off, when the news broke and there were all these draft picks and players involved, I heard a lot of people, their first reaction was, wow, that's lopsided. Look at the way Jerry West got over, right? But... I heard from somebody, and it was a it was a national writer last night. And apparently, there's a website, and a lot of teams actually use this, where there's an algorithm that you punch in the principles of every trade, and you factor in also their their salary, the cap hit, uh, what a draft pick is worth, et cetera, et cetera. And supposedly, this on the face lopsided deal actually by this algorithm, which teams actually buy into as being legit. It changes both teams' winning percentage not one bit. It's about as even of a trade as you could possibly get. That, that's fascinating. What, could it have been that ESPN trade tracker thing? It might be. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, and then I think at the very bottom they'll put projected increase or decrease. Yeah, in and the winning percentage of that team. And this one did nothing for either team. Yeah, I. it's... I don't know how to feel about it because I, I do think Blake Griffin's a good player, really good player. But isn't he? Isn't he Robin? He ain't Batman. I don't think he'll ever be. No, I think you're right. I think he is. I think, like we've seen what the Clippers are when he's their second best player. Yeah. Let's say Chris Paul's their best player, and they're they win maybe one round. That's it. They're a first or second round team. Yeah, Andre Drummond. Although Andre Drummond was named to the All Star team. See, I can't even say the Eastern Conference All Star team. What team's he playing for? I got no clue. He's Who? an All Star. But he is an Eastern LeBron. Conference All Star. Okay. So LeBron's lost two starters now, right? John Wall and 
Cousins. You can't say an Eastern Conference All-Star, because that's how the pool of players for the playground draft started. You had Eastern Conference All-Stars were named, Western Conference All-Stars were named, and then they were commingled, and everybody was available Actually, in the draft. you know what? That's a good question. So, did they... There were f- the top five vote so they, getters they, from they, the Eastern Conference. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying, so they replaced Cousins... Did they replace, I forget, did they, they replace Cousins with a Western Conference guy? Was it Chris Paul? Paul George? Yeah, So Western to. Conference guy? Yeah, so, but in theory they wouldn't have to, right? I think you do, because they came, like I said, initially the pool of players. Yeah, no, I got you. I get, but, but the bottom, really they don't have to anymore. I mean, yeah, it would make one conference have 13, the other have 11, but so what? They're playing for different... Guys, now, what time are we out here, by the way? You know what, Matt, it just dawned on me. We buried the lead this entire show. Probably. Now, we can do one of two things. We can either blame this loss on me, because this is the first time I've ever been here for the post game. We're not going to do that. All right. I'm going to say the Warriors were distracted by quite possibly the ugliest jerseys in NBA history. You know what? Can you do me a favor? And I, I mean this sincerely. Uh, find out what that was. Was that the first time the Jazz have worn those? Yes, it was. I know it okay. was. Talk more about that in your first segment after this break so I can hear about it. I will. I mean, like, were they the alternate uniforms? Is it a whole new thing? Is it? And they, there's a new court today, too. Did you notice that I, new design on the court? Absolutely. I mean, it, that was as ugly as the Pro Bowl jerseys we saw this past weekend. I'm not sure. They it, they looked a little like Miami or even Phoenix. But That was awful. All right. That's going to do it. Matt Steinmetz, Michael Urban, Warriors wrap-up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Michael's going to take you the rest of the way till 11 o'clock. Hey, I enjoyed it, Michael. Thank you very much. Other than the outcome, let's do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, man.